0: Welcome back to the David Glenn Show. Roddy Jones on college football in 60 minutes. Jonathan Jones, no known relation, joining us now on the National Football League from Sports Illustrated and Monday Morning Quarterback. He's been a longtime beat writer for the Carolina Panthers. And we're going to stretch him way beyond the Cam Newton questions because think about it, Drew Brees is one of the best quarterbacks in modern NFL history. He's out for a while with his injury. Big Ben has had his big moments. He's out for the season with the Pittsburgh Steelers. Cam Newton has his issues and missed practice earlier today. Meanwhile, Colin Kaepernick's representatives are reaching out to various NFL teams saying, remember me? I was really good. From 2012 through 2014 in particular, he did not play at all, remember, the last two NFL seasons. Jonathan Jones, welcome back to the David Glenn Show. How are you?
1: Hey, man, I'm doing well. I appreciate you having me on.
0: It's great to have you. All right, Collins representatives have reached out. Do we know to which teams they have reached out? And what is your assessment about a guy that definitely was a truly outstanding quarterback for that 2012 through 2014 period, had lesser numbers on some horrible teams in 2015 and 2016, and has been uh, unemployed by NFL standards these last two years, even while winning that seven-figure grievance settlement.
1: Yeah, so it is. Uh, it's unclear exactly who. I, I know the report says quarterback needy teams, which, uh, depending on your definition of quarterback needy, uh, could really constitute half of the NFL. <laughs> um, you know, as far as you know, listen, I'm not going to sit up here and tell you that I know for a for a certain fact that Colin Kaepernick uh, can be a productive. Uh, you know, top 12 quarterback in the league if he gets on a team and plays on Sunday. You know, it, it would take some time uh, for him to, to get involved with that system. I think that there has to be something to three years of rest. Um, all of those things said, there's still no doubt in my mind uh, that he is better than most of um, the 64, most of the 32 backups in the NFL. Yeah. 32-plus backups, uh, and then probably, definitely better than some of the starters in the NFL. The issue that you're going to run into if you even get past uh, the kneeling, which you should be passed, uh, but, but they won't be passed, um, the issue is going to be the compensation where Colin and, and his representatives, I'm sure, feel that because he is a starting level and starting caliber quarterback, he should be paid as such. Um, and, you know, a team may say no. Uh, we want you to come in and be a backup, and we're going to pay you $3 million a year. Will Colin accept that? Should Colin accept that? Um, you know, those, those are two very separate questions, um, but also two legitimate questions that are out there. Honestly, until a team even has him in for a workout, which so far they have not, and I doubt for any number of reasons that they will and not based at all upon his skill, uh, you have to work him out and then you have to offer him a contract and you have to offer him one that you both that both that both parties believe is fair. And I just there's so many things that are going that will not happen that have to happen. I don't see Colin Kaepernick playing in the NFL again.
0: Jonathan Jones joining us. Find his work at SI.com. Also on Twitter, you can follow him at JJones.com. Nine, Jalen Ramsey is a guy you've written and talked quite a bit about. He can be an erratic personality, uh, but there's no doubt that he is a big-time, big-time cornerback. He wants out of Jacksonville. Uh, What teams look like logical potential fits for him, and how is that combination viewed? You know, he, he gets into fights with opponents. He sometimes says the wrong things, but nobody doubts his ability.
1: Well, I think the, the two at the top of anyone's list, and really the Steelers would have been atop that list had they not just made that move for Mike Fitzpatrick a couple of days ago. The two at the top of the list would have to be the Raiders and the Chiefs. Uh, and you look at the Raiders because, listen, here here's what you have to know about Jalen Ramsey. He needs a coach who's going to allow him to spread his wings a little bit. He does not have that in Doug Marone. He's never had that in Marone, and, and the, the footballs are over there. Coughlin, uh, and so it was never going to work in Jacksonville. That's been obvious. The other thing, you have to be on a team where uh, or he has to go to a team that is comfortable with him not showing up to voluntary workouts. He is going to work out with his father uh, and his people in Tennessee. He believes that they get him best prepared for the season. That's what he told me. As long as there uh, is anything voluntary in Jacksonville, he told me, I'm not going to be there. And so the team has to be okay with that. And then finally, the team has to be prepared to pay him. Uh, and they need to be prepared to pay him soon because, yes, you can put the fifth-year option on him, uh, but uh, you can expect a holdout coming sooner rather than later if you do not make him the highest-paid cornerback in the NFL. So all of those things necessary. What makes sense? Well, the Raiders with John Gruden and their sort of lax style, especially for star players, as we have seen very recently. And then, of course, Andy Reid with his tough love, having star players but knowing how to massage their egos. Uh, And then, of course, obviously the needs for both teams. That's what makes the
0: most sense to me. It's always fascinating to see when franchises pull the trigger on elevating a young QB that they spent a high draft pick on. I mean, as you know, Cam is just plugged into the equation with the Carolina Panthers back in 2011, a former Duke star, Daniel Jones, number six overall to the New York Giants behind the legendary Eli Manning. New York chose now to pull that trigger and elevate Daniel over Eli. When you think about all the pros and cons and his supporting cast and what kind of defense do they have and offensive line do they have, was this the right time for the Giants to make this move?
1: You know, I did a story a couple years ago for the magazine about when teams pull the trigger on these guys. And what I found was there is no real textbook way to do it, that every situation is different. I mean, listen, for our listeners, let's go back to 2003, that magical Panthers run. Rodney Peake took all the, the reps with the number ones for the Panthers throughout training camp in the preseason. Then he was terrible in that first game. in the first half of the first game, they go to Jake DeLome who had almost no experience at all with the ones. Then he comes in there, wins the game. And we know the history from that point on with the 2003 Panthers. So you go to a Daniel Jones and he's a guy who did not work very much with the ones because Eli Manning was given every opportunity with the ones during training camp. Now did, uh, uh Daniel looked fantastic in the preseason play. Absolutely. But you don't have that timing down with a lot of those guys. Now, for the Giants, they've had so many injuries that they've had to elevate a lot of those backups, a a lot of those number twos to starting roles. So there is going to be some familiarity with Daniel Jones and the guys that he's going to be throwing to. I say all that to say the, the Giants absolutely went in with a plan. And you can disagree with this plan if you want to. And it's very easy to do that right now in hindsight. But they went in with the plan that they believed in in Eli Manning, that he still had some left in the tank. And honestly, at the end of the 2018 season, he played better than he has really in the last three or four years, Um, that they gave him every opportunity to win it. They wanted him to have a good year. He did not. And as soon as it became clear that Eli was toast, and I understand a lot of people out there raising their hands saying, I knew Eli was toast a long time ago. But as soon as it became clear that, hey, we've given every opportunity to one of the greatest giants of all time, to to go out on his white horse, he can't do it, let's pull the plug, and they did it as early in the week as possible, and that's why you have Daniel Jones starting in week three rather than allowing him to win the starting job in training camp and start in week one.
0: The NFL franchise that I think you have been following the longest is the one here in our backyard, the Carolina Panthers. There's, of course, the short-term question, how's Cam's foot? Will he play against Arizona? Again, he didn't practice yesterday or today while getting treatment as his teammates did practice. So it's going to be Kyle Allen if Cam is not ready. Will Greer is the rookie and the third stringer, of course, for now. When you think of questions like, can Cam, as he gets older, become more of a pocket passer and put his you know, body at risk less often? Or uh, can Cam if asked to run more, when he gets healthy, you know, be that dual threat quarterback that was the NFL MVP and has put up some other crazy good numbers over the years. What is your answer to that? Because doesn't David Tepper have to decide by the end of this season his answers to those questions for a guy who's gonna collect forty plus million dollars from Carolina over this season and next?
1: Well yeah. He he does need to to get that figured out really quickly. David Tepper, that is. You know, as far as Cam, I do not believe he's going to play this week. I, I would be very surprised if he plays next week. Um, there, listen, when, what you have in Cam is you have a guy who can't run the ball right now. We all know what, what kind of great attribute that is to his game. We have a guy who I'm not entirely sure he believes in his new throwing mechanics and trusts his shoulder uh and and trust his footwork right now to throw the deep pass so you've taken that away from his game so what do you have left yeah uh for for a cam newton you know these these are two massive elements that made cam cam and you take those away from him and it's like you know once you take these threats you don't have much you don't have much of any sort of quarterback left so um, I think that, yeah, Cam is obviously troubled with these injuries, um, but it also has to be playing on his psyche. Uh, and I don't want to play, you know, uh, armchair psychologist, but, you know, it, it was just last week he repeated over and over, I'm just tired of being hurt. Yeah. And here he is hurt again, and, and he's 30, and there's a legacy that I'm not going to say it's crumbling, but it's certainly, you know, it's taken, it's fallen off a cliff from where it was in 2015. And so it it is, it has to take a toll on him. And you have to wonder, is it just physical or is it starting to seep into the mental?
0: Good stuff. Jonathan Jones, find more of his good stuff in the pages of Sports Illustrated and at si.com. Also, mmqb.com for Monday Morning Quarterback. He is on Twitter at jjones9. Thanks, as always, for the insight, wisdom, and expertise, man. Keep up the good work. Appreciate you, DT. You got it. 1 800 849 2761. Roddy Jones of the ACC Network will join us in 45 minutes or so to talk about the college football weekend that was and weekend to come. You can jump in on the other side. Darren Vaught asked me three college football questions to start today's show. We got sidetracked by the Cam Newton conversation, some Colin Kaepernick conversation, some Jalen Ramsey conversation. But Darren's questions included NC State, UNC, App State, Mountaineers visiting the Tar Heels this weekend, the Charlotte 49ers who are visiting the Clemson Tigers, number one in the nation. I gave my one-word answers earlier. I'll elaborate. Meanwhile, Rick Pitino, the former Louisville coach, is back in the headlines. He and his former university have finally come to an agreement in the legal setting. Steph Curry has put in his two cents on USA Basketball's struggles and that seventh-place finish at the World Cup, and most importantly, his stance on whether he – will join Team USA in an Olympics setting for the first time. That update on the other side, mostly football, but you can jump in with your question or comment as well. We also have NASCAR tickets to give away today, a four-pack to the Bank of America Roval 400. That event is Sunday, September 29th at Charlotte Motor Speedway, so just a week and a half away. Learn more at charlottemotorspeedway.com or call us a little bit later for your shot at that four-pack. I ask a NASCAR-related trivia question. I never make it extremely Difficult at least by design. We hope you win a little bit later today there. The Carolina Hurricanes are back on the ice in preseason action. They won at Tampa last night. They host the Lightning tonight at PNC Arena. First home game for Rod Bridnemore's squad as the regular season is only a couple weeks away in early October. More on those stories with your calls more on Colin Kaepernick. Cam Newton and the fine bomb that was dropped earlier today, 1-800-849-2761. Will, Gary, and you can be next by dialing that number, 1-800-849-2761. The only time App State's ever played Carolina in football, the Mountaineers got destroyed. Darren asked me if that was the likely script again this time for the Mountaineers' visit to Chapel Hill. More on that story with more of your calls next.
2: The great difference between sport
1: and capital E entertainment and capital S sport is that we don't know the outcome and that feeling of uncertainty positively or negatively is unique.
0: We are quoting Bob Ryan the way I would quote, you know, Aristotle or Confucius.
3: You're listening to the David Glenn show. Welcome
0: back to the David Glenn show. Shots were fired at Cam Newton earlier today. There's a fair debate about his future as an injured quarterback. There's really no debate about the cheap shot that he took from Paul Feinbaum. Cam has never cared about anybody but Cam Newton. I give you a laundry list of reasons why that is an outrageous false statement made earlier today about the Panthers quarterback. Where's his career going? I don't know. But just look at the facts and you'll see that he has been actively engaged in more ways than you can count in his native Georgia and also his adopted home state of Carolina slash the Carolinas, 1-800-849-2761. I did promise to get to college football. I did promise to give you Mike Leach, Washington State football coach who was asked about Pac-12 mascots. So, Darren, you cue that up. And also, for phone call purposes, as we have some leftovers on Colin Kaepernick and Cam Newton, Will and Gary and others, as we kind of bridge the gap from the NFL conversation to the college football conversation, including if you have a Mike Leach-style breakdown of the mascots in the ACC after hearing Mike Leach break down the mascots in the Pac-12, I mean, we're here for you today today at 1-800-849-2761. NASCAR tickets later today. Carolina Hurricanes hockey ticks later, ticks later this week. Your phone calls now at 1-800-849-2761. All right, Darren, your college football questions that I could only give one-word answers to really quickly. Yeah, should NC
3: State's Dave Doran use more than one quarterback against Ball State this Saturday?
0: Yes, and I'll elaborate later, and f- folks can call. Go ahead. Uh, will
3: Appalachian State get slaughtered at UNC on Saturday the way the Mountaineers did the only other time those two schools have played?
0: No, and I'll elaborate, and folks can call on that. Go
3: ahead. And finally, can the Charlotte 49ers keep keep it within four touchdowns on their trip to face
0: Clemson at Death Valley this weekend. No, and Davo Swooney joins us regularly from the Clemson Tigers. Young Will Healy, who has energized the Charlotte program, but is basically leading the sacrificial limbs to slaughter at Death (laughs) Valley this weekend. Coach Healy, who's a fun guy and a really energetic personality uh, and did well in his previous stop at Austin Peay University. Coach will drop by tomorrow as we celebrate that half of the Clemson-Charlotte game. 1-800-849-2761. P- let's play Mike Leach. We'll go to Will and Winston-Salem, Gary's and Wilson. You can jump in on any of these topics at 1-800-849-2761. We're in between guests. Roddy Jones next hour, Jonathan Jones in the book on the NFL. Mike Leach asked about Pac-12 mascots. Now, I want you to imagine the ACC mascots, whether it was a bracket-style playoff, you know, Ramsey's, at Carolina against the Blue Devil or the Demon Deacon at Wake Forest against the Wolf Pack. It would be an interesting battle royale to see the mascots go at it in the wrestling ring. It would be interesting bracket-style playoff as well. Here's how Mike Leach of Washington State, in our favorite audio of the last 24 hours, described such things in Pac-12 country.
4: First of all, what kind of mythical powers does a sun devil have? We've got to consider that. It's Arizona State. You know, you'd have to get one of those Harry Potter activists to read up on how you kill a sun devil because <laughs> there's a lot of uh, outside stuff there. Yeah. I'm going to say the wildcat's out. Uh, the Trojan, is he, does he have a horse or is he on Southern foot? Cal. Does he have a bow and arrow or just his sword? The Bruin definitely formidable. Like- Another bear up there at Cal. Uh, the tree, I imagine that tree going to be chopped down, unless we're going to go with a bird and somebody might get pecked or something, <laughs> I don't know. The duck might lose interest and just fly away and get out of there, Oregon. which may be good advice under the circumstances. Uh, the husky, no chance. Washington. The beaver. Oregon State. Well, we'll see how long that beaver can hold his breath. The ute, again, we're back to, uh, is he on horseback? Does he have a bow and arrow? Did he trade for a rifle? I mean, you know, because if that youth has got a rifle, there's some definite problems. Just as far as a beast alone, uh, a buffalo's going to be Colorado. pretty hard to tangle with. I mean, a, bu- a buffalo's d- utterly outstanding. The cougar find a way. Uh, clear-minded and crafty, a combination of stay out of harm's way and— And and attack when you get your uh, your chances or your openings.
0: Mike Leach of Washington State. That guy has joined us dozens of times over the years on our show. He never lets us down. He happens to have a good football team out there in Pac-12 country. Credit to Cats. The Cougs are 3-0 and and ranked 19th in the nation. As we come to your calls, NFL, college football, and otherwise, mascots as well, clearly, 1-800-849-2761. Can you agree with me on this, Darren, that in Pac-12 country, the one clear-cut mismatch would be Oregon State against Stanford? Because you give a beaver access to a tree. Yeah, it's coming down. I think that's that's a no-brainer right there. I mean, something bad is about to happen if to they, the tree. If they do break it down into a bracket, that's
3: the matchup Stanford oh. is dreading. They Coach, don't want what that. What do
0: coaches tell us during March Madness all the time? It's all about matchups, DG. <laughs> I mean, Stanford better avoid Oregon State in their portion of the bracket or the, or the trees in big trouble. ACC wise, I am not the guy to give you the Mike Leach version or you know, the Mike Leach Pac-12 story in an ACC version. But I am smart enough to tell you that right out of the gate, Miami's out. Storky, yeah. not gonna S- Storky is his nickname? Yeah. I mean, you don't want to see the hospital bills. If Idris is it, what is it, Idris, Isis? No, it's not Isis. It's definitely not Isis. But that Storky-looking thing is not going to make it out without a broken leg, right? Elsewhere in the ACC, I mean, like the Demon Deacon, there's Demon in his name, but he's a genuinely nice, gentlemanly guy. Just
3: a dude, right? Thus
0: representing the wonderful culture that is Wake Forest University. I'm just not sure I want that guy to be my partner in the proverbial dark alley, if you know what I'm saying. To
3: clarify, Miami's Sebastian <laughs> the Ibis. Ibis, that's yeah. what I was looking for there. Yeah,
0: Sebastian's done. I mean, we, we, we catch Sebastian at the entrance, we show him a copy of the hospital bill for what happens if you break your beak and your legs, and then we just send him back to Carl Gables right out of the gate. Uh, Demon Deacon is such a good representative as a gentleman in the community, we don't want him to get hurt either. And the more I thought about the 14 team ACC, I kind of let the left of the Leprechaun and Notre Dame out. Yeah. Because not a it's formidable football season. opponent anyway. It's a football It's football season, so Notre Dame's only kind of sort of a member of the ACC. So we and we even got photos with the Leprechaun. <laughs> uh, I'm not even young anymore, and I would have been okay in the squared circle against the leprechaun that we guy. met. I have the length, uh, the reach, and the height advantage over the leprechaun that we met. one The more I thought about the animal kingdom, do you ever see any of those stories when you were growing up as yeah, a kid? of course. Mutual of Omaha, Animal Kingdom, is that just my generation, or did that bleed into yours? It bled
3: into mine some. I doubt intern
0: Will has any idea what we're talking <laughs> about. He's nodding his head maybe just to be nice. As we come <laughs> to your calls, 1-800-849-2761. The more I thought about it, Darren, and I gave it probably an unhealthy amount of time a little bit earlier today, <laughs> When it comes to just Mutual of Omaha, Wild Kingdom, you remember some of those videos where this beast and that beast collide somewhere in the field with only the dropping sun in the background to referee what happens next? And they didn't hide you from a lot of the gore, as I remember correctly. Now, usually, you know, it was the antelope going down predictably in the jaws of something larger and more fierce. In the ACC, I think, the wolf pack is intriguing because wolves are dangerous and fierce and feisty and the pack element like in the battle royale in wrestling terms would you get to bring a pack of wolves into the battle royale or would you be limited to mr. and mrs. wolf who don't look nearly as intimidating yes, as yeah guys?
3: i think you're limited to mr. and or mrs. Oh, wolf that changes the rules entirely for there. instance for instance wake forest is the demon deacons it's not It's not a a
0: drove of those guys. It's just one. (laughs) True. So it would be one tiger from Clemson and one panther from Pitt. Now, when I think of them in the animal kingdom, I don't want to mess with either a tiger or a panther. Credit to cats. Or a wolf, for that matter. Those would be three contenders for me. In fact, I think Mike Leach's animal mascot theory predicted last year's ACC football season. If you think about it, who's oh. who's more dangerous than the Clemson Tigers, the Pitt Panthers? They met for the ACC title in Charlotte. We were there. And then the Wolfpack also had one of the other best seasons in the ACC. They might be on the podium, gold, silver, and bronze. That was the podium last year or close to it in ACC football. So maybe Leach is onto something here. Would you have somebody – when I look at the Panther or the Tiger mascot at one of the ACC days that we go to, they often come over for a high five or whatever, I'm not intimidated by those dudes in those costumes. But when I think Mutual of Omaha Wild Kingdom Panther or Tiger or Wolf, I got a different feeling now. You see what I'm saying? I do. Ramsey's is in trouble now. Ramsey's is going to be devoured by either a tiger
3: or a panther
0: or a wolf. Am I right about that? He's
3: one. Ramsey's is one that the mascot, the actual mascot for the team, does the animal more justice. He might be the only one in that category because otherwise an actual panther is more fierce than the Pittsburgh panther and an actual tiger is more fierce than the Clemson tiger. Ramsey's is like bulked up compared to an actual ram.
0: Right, but he's going to be somebody's supper. No. Yes. Yeah, he's going to be somebody's supper. Can we borrow the Harry Potter style mystic for <laughs> Blue Devils purposes after right. Mike Leach is done with the analysis for Sun Devils purposes? Is there some overlap there? And and how does Harry Potter help us in that equation? <laughs> I'm, I'm, my kids read Harry Potter, but I'm not sure how he's going to help us with the Devils. Do
3: you know? No, I, th- right. I don't know that there was a specific reference that Leach was making pertaining to Harry Potter. He just was alluding to some sort of magic. Will
0: is in Winston-Salem. I'll give you my App State UNC story. Jim is in Raleigh and agrees with Paul Feinbaum's comments about Cam Newton. That, that could be interesting. I wonder if he agrees with the he's done as a quarterback part or Cam has never cared about anybody but Cam part. Because I have a bone to pick with part two. Will is in Winston Salem. Welcome to the David Glenn Show.
2: Hey, thanks a lot. Thanks a lot. And uh let me first say I love, love your show. You get me through my day, man. Thank you, Will. Um, Appreciate it. Uh y'all sidetracked me a little bit. I'm a I'm a youth fan. And uh but yeah, <laughs> Sebastian's the first one on He's he he, <laughs> he with me. <laughs> um <laughs> well, back to the uh the, Paul, no, the farm the bomb, that 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 was an excellent uh, comeback back on that, and like my mom always always would say, before you go make a judgment or a comment on somebody, make sure you have your homework and your facts straight. Amen. Um, as far as Cam going forward, I do agree with you. If you take away the running ability, you take away Cam. Yeah. But as a former quarterback, uh, and I did, I got included more at receivers than what to say, But as a quarterback in high school. I just wonder if he stepped into his throat. And uh, like you said, I did my homework. Yeah. All his throws can fail is off his back foot. I wonder if he could get out of that bad habit and step into his throat. It, to me, that's the only way he can have any chance of being uh, somewhat pocket uh and advanced uh, further in his
0: career. And as a former quarterback yourself, Will, before the conversion to wide receiver, I love that note. Now i will try to picture who Will is because I've been following this stuff for so long, uh, last name included, just for fun. Uh, I would imagine you, you would tell us as a former quarterback that if any part of your foundation, like your middle body, your lower body, your knee, your leg, your foot, if that's out of sorts, you can't throw normally. And now we know that Cam re-aggravated his foot injury. And that well, helps explain he why he couldn't th- complete even half of his passes against the Buccaneers.
2: Exactly, exactly, because you have to plant. And if
0: anything, your lower extremities and pain or anything, it hurts to plant. So if you can't plant, you can't throw. Yeah. And, Will, at the beginning, did you credit your mom, did you say, for teaching you the right way to criticize people? Yes, my dad wasn't around I like that. My mother uh, still that. Is- I just want to make sure I raise a glass in honor of the right person. It's Will's mom. Darren, are we allowed to drink on the show, or is that a violation of FCC rules? Probably. We got to change those rules. Can we get the right people in charge in this country for crying out loud, drinking while on live radio? What's wrong with that? I want to raise a toast to Will's mom. She said it's okay to criticize. Just do your homework first. Some other good rules of thumb. Put yourself in the person's shoes. I love intelligent criticism. Frankly, it makes us better. I mean, how would we know sometimes unless you told us of our many, many, many daily mistakes that some of you love to remind (laughs) us of? It's the hateful, ignorant, lazy feedback that we could really do without. 1-800-849-2761. So it's a toast to Will's mom. Thanks to him for listening. You got that. Star high school quarterback converted to wide receiver at NC State. It's going to bother me the rest of the day, right? I mean, you can't tell a person's age by their voice. In most cases, I don't think. But, like, I probably covered Will at NC State, right? right. You're racking your brain right <laughs> now. I, know. I can tell. All right. Or maybe he didn't use his real first name, and that's going to throw me off the trail. <laughs> I don't know. These are the things that keep me up at night, Darren. 1-800-849-2761. Let's see how Jim and Raleigh agreed with Paul Feinbaum's takedown of Cam Newton earlier today. Go right ahead.
2: Well, I agree with part of him. It's funny because uh, I made a bet with a friend before this season started that uh, Cam Newton's going to be benched and Ron Rivera would be fired by the, uh, on the Monday of the uh, return from London trip, if he made it that far. I told him last year, Cam, I thought was done. I think he's
0: tired of taking the hit.
2: But
0: um, also... Entire, and tired of being hurt, in his own words. He's yeah. just tired yeah, of I, being I, hurt. Yeah, I don't blame him. By the, by the way, did you guys put up anything good in your bet? No. Or just for fun? No, he oh, kicked okay.
2: <laughs> and at halftime half the, the other night, I asked him if he's ready to say.
0: <laughs> All right, we'll see how that bet plays out. Make sure you call us down the road uh, and uh, elaborate on how that goes. But we'll, So you agree with the the cam is done, part of Feinbaum's takedown? I,
2: I, I yeah. do, but there, you got to remember, it's also just like the Feinbaum has the cam, and I do too because I'm a Florida Gator, and it started with that laptop. Yeah. You know, when he had that stolen laptop stole that laptop, threw it out the window, and he got kicked out of school. He went to Juco and then came back, and everybody insinuated he needed $250,000.
0: Oh, yeah, and it was proven that his dad shopped him around the recruiting trail. Uh, I, I called Finebaum out earlier today for suggesting that Cam Newton has never cared about anybody but Cam Newton, and I gave a long list of Cam being invested in his communities in Charlotte, throughout the Carolinas, charitable works philanthropic works in his native state of georgia so that's where i disagreed the the quarterback part of the equation jim agrees with feinbaum cam's done it's he's a train wreck feinbaum said he can't do what he used to do that's a legitimate opinion until cam newton proves otherwise right i mean where's your money that's that's the question of the day for nfl fans who care about the carolina panthers whether you love them or you hate them where's your money My money is on, as I've explained, Cam's never going to be the pocket passer that he was in 2015. It was a mirage. That's not who he is. And he's shown seven other seasons that only underline dangerous dual threat QB when healthy. Pocket passer, not so much. Does he have enough in the gas tank? He's only 30, and there are other guys strutting their stuff into their 40s. On the other hand, he's an old 30, in air quotes, because he's taken more hits than everybody else. He's been through those surgeries. Now he's got a foot injury to go with the shoulder surgery leftovers. So we don't know if he's going to be capable physically to be the dual threat that some want him to still be. That is the magical question for David Tepper and the Panthers, even as they try to scrounge something out of this season. 0-2 start, and as Jonathan Jones says, he's skeptical that Cam will be there playing for the, the Panthers against Arizona this coming Sunday afternoon in one of the late games. Is Kyle Allen going to lead you to a victory at Arizona? That would be interesting. I mean, maybe, maybe not. Arizona's not a great team, but Kyle Allen's only real tape as an NFL quarterback came in garbage time against backup players at the end of a season that had already gotten away from the Panthers last year, right? I mean, it was a nice numbers, nice set of numbers, but against guys who were not typically first-line players in the NFL. How much weight do you put on that? I don't put much at all. More of your phone calls on the other side. Roddy Jones on college football in about 25 minutes, 1-800-849-2761. App State and UNC have played only one football game prior to this weekend, and it was all Tar Heels. But it was a long time ago, and it was under a different set of circumstances. How about, this matchup on Saturday afternoon in Chapel Hill. The Mountaineers are undefeated. The Tar Heels are off to an unexpectedly strong 2-1 and start. More on that matchup with more of your calls next. Welcome back to the David Glenn Show. One thing I promised heading into a fun college football weekend. More of your leftovers on the Cam Newton, Paul Feinbaum, Colin Kaepernick... Jalen Ramsey, Melvin Gordon, and other football headlines of the day. Steve is in Apex, D is in Durham, Gary's in Wilson. Steph Curry and Rick Pitino are in the headlines. The college football weekend nationally, I think, is led by number seven Notre Dame at number three Georgia. That's your Saturday night special on CBS. Both are undefeated. They played a nail biter. In South Bend a couple years ago, this is the return match with 90,000-plus in the seats and an anticipated 90,000-plus more around the stadium in Athens without tickets. That'll be a whopper on Saturday night. Auburn-Texas A&M, another SEC matchup, or an SEC matchup, I should say. Both ranked teams. That's an afternoon game. Auburn's still undefeated. The a and folks, remember, lost at Clemson. Michigan's at Wisconsin in Big Ten country. Neither has lost a game yet. It's still early, but when you start to approach the top ten in the national rankings, almost by definition, you're starting to approach at least a place in the college football conversation, college football playoff conversation, even at this early date. Central Florida goes to Pitt. I mention that only because UCF is up to number 15 in the rankings, and Pitt, remember, just went to Penn State and played the Nittany Lions down to the wire. There's all sorts of things that went wrong at the end. And Pitt was trounced by UVA at home earlier this year. So it's hard to know which Panthers are going to show up. But they are back at home against what is another really good UCF team. So that's another one on the national radar. Closer to home, yeah, I do think Dave Doran should give a backup quarterback some time. You're facing an inferior opponent in Ball State. The Wolfpack has good running backs, a good offensive line, good wide receivers. And a nice new quarterback in Matthew McKay. He hasn't done anything wrong. He's not turning the ball over. He's not making an extraordinary number of mental mistakes. He knows the offense. But if you want to be really good, you need better quarterback play. That, to me, does not mean pulling the plug on a guy who's waited his turn, Matthew McKay. But if the Pack wants to have a great season, they need much better quarterback play than what they've gotten through three weeks. Dominated two opponents they were supposed to dominate. And then, really lost by double digits at West Virginia, a team that had no confidence going into that game and yet limited the Wolfpack offense to a degree while putting up 44 points against a Wolfpack defense that had been really outstanding, again, against inferior opponents the first couple of weeks. I would blend in the backup. That does not mean, you know, send Matthew McKay to the showers and give up on him. He's waited his turn. He knows the offense. He's underperforming. Dabo Sweeney a year ago, had a veteran quarterback who had waited his turn and a talented guy who had been making plays in practice behind him. You know who the talented guy making plays was? Trevor Lawrence. And although there was a whole lot of indigestion when he elevated the backup over the guy who had waited his turn, Kelly Bryant, now at Missouri, those who watched games and practice all agreed Trevor Lawrence was the more dangerous guy and the guy who gave him a better chance to win. Now, there are not perfect parallels to NC State. Don't get me wrong. We don't know if Bailey Hockman is that guy. And, you know, Kelly Bryant had accomplished more than Matthew McKay, who's in his first year as a starter, right? So there are clear differences. But unless behind the scenes in practice, his number two guy hasn't shown enough, if it's a close call, Given what Matthew McKay has not done, missed a lot of missed receivers, a lot of bad timing. Again, don't give up on him. But against Ball State, give number two a chance. See what he's got. Maybe he's a guy who just blossoms on game day. You don't know. Carolina has found a quarterback and a true freshman in Sam Howell. Wake has found a new starter in Jamie Newman because they gave him a chance. That was because of injury, but late last year after Sam Hartman got hurt, right? ECU's watching the evolution of Holton Aylers. All this stuff matters a lot. The Wolfpack can be a nice football team with what we've currently seen from Matthew McKay. They can't be a great football team without better quarterback play, period. They're getting below average quarterback play by ACC standards. So that's one thing to watch for the 2-1 and Wolfpack as they host Ball State on Saturday night. App State gets the rare opportunity against an ACC team. Doesn't happen a lot, but Darren and I were there two years ago when they took on Wake Forest head-to-head. Here's my bottom line there. It is true that these two schools have met on the gridiron only one time, and it is also true that the Tar Heels absolutely mopped the floor With the Mountaineers, final score was 56-6. to However, this matters more than a little. That game was played in 1940. Now, we don't have time to go into the why these two schools have played each other only one time, despite being not all that far away from each other in terms of a reasonable drive, bus, car, or otherwise. But the reality, having watched the Mountaineers since their jump to the FBS and prior to their jump to the FBS is that you can't put any weight on what happened in 1940. When the Mountaineers, both of these things are true. They sound contradictory, but they paint an accurate picture. Do you know what the App State football team's record is against Power 5 opponents since one of the greatest upsets in college football history, beating Michigan at the big house in that 2007 game that will live forever and ever in our hearts and minds and anybody who knows their college football's hearts and minds. That was 2007, okay? I'll just tell you, Darren, App State has played 11 games against Power 5 opponents since the thrilling upset as an FCS team over a ranked Michigan team 12 years ago. So they've played you know, roughly one a year since then. What is their record against the Power Five in those 11 games? I recall uh, some of them, they
3: played Clemson and lost. They played Tennessee and lost, but that one was competitive. Uh, have they won one or two of those?
0: That's what I would have guessed without looking. The yeah. answer is zero. Okay. They're 0-11 against the Power Five, so that sounds bleak, right? But when you peel the onion a little bit, you realize this. When App made that difficult philosophical decision years ago, right, even the fans and alumni were divided. Do we want to remain the biggest fish in a smaller pond? Three straight national championships at the FCS level. You are, at least for a while, the biggest fish in that smaller pond. Or do you want to jump up the level, play with the bigger boys, if you will, and see how far you can climb the Sun Belt ladder first and then wherever after that, right? Well, they made that decision. They jumped to the FBS in 2014. And as we've seen, they're already the best program in the Sunbelt Conference. Who knows where they might go next in the FBS ranks. When you look at that 0-11 record, the bottom line takeaway is prior to jumping to the FBS, they got slaughtered by their Power 5 opponents. Again, after the thrilling upset of the the, uh, Michigan Wolverines slaughtered, then you start recruiting to the Sun Belt, to the FBS. More scholarships, right? Scott Satterfield's building a monster. Since then, it has been the nail-biter overtime win over Tennessee. The nail-biter, we were there under the goalposts. Remember, wasn't it a one-point game?
3: Came down to the very last second with a field goal kick. Wake
0: wake over App at Kid Brewer by one, I think it was, right? So nail-biter against Tennessee of the SEC, nail-biter against Wake of the ACC. It ain't going to be 56-6 the way it was in 1940. Do I think the Tar Heels are the better team? I do, but not by a lot. And I'll say this, App does not look good on defense, So it's up to Sam Howell and Javante Williams and De'Ami Adams and all those, De'Ami Brown rather, to exploit that. App's offense is filled with players who are ACC caliber players, whether it's Zach Thomas, the quarterback, or Darrington Evans, the running back, or probably three or four offensive linemen, or our guy Corey Sutton at wide receiver, like most of their offense has ACC caliber guys and don't underestimate App as they head to Chapel Hill as a result. Back after this. UNC coach Roy Williams is joining us. You are uncomfortable with your name in the same sentence as Dean Smith. I know that I will never be as good as he was
4: in in any way. Yet when I hear people say those things, yeah, those things are pretty neat.
3: But I try to make sure that's about as far as I go. Keep it here on The David Glenn Show.
0: Roddy Jones has played at Georgia between the Hedges as a member of the visiting team. We'll ask him about Notre Dame at Georgia. Also, can either 3-0 Virginia or 3-0 Wake Forest sustain that early success or even challenge Clemson? Roddy, next. Kevin Harlan is joining us. It was a boring game, and the guy ran out right through the formation as if he was a wide receiver (laughs) to be a part of the play. The
2: guy is drunk, but there he goes.
1: You always think of calling that dramatic last-second
2: buzzer-beating shot or a touchdown pass or, or something more historic. This is The
3: David Glenn Show.